0: Welcome to episode 34 of the 1099 for the week of March 21st 2016. I am your host as always Josiah Renauden and today is going to be a different podcast. Uh, this is gonna be my first solo podcast kind of like a radio show where it's sometimes just one dude talking or one lady talking uh, and the reason I kind of wanted to do this was because I very often do these podcasts and I um, A lot of it is about me helping kind of bring out the story of specific people, you know, whether it's Patrick Klepik or Greg Kasavin or Lauren Landing and all these really interesting people. And I, you know, I, I had input. It's still my podcast and I still, you know, talk on my podcast, of course. But I think this is a better chance for me to kind of get my thoughts out there, get my story a little bit because i'm guessing a lot of people who do listen to this show and i appreciate everyone who does listen to the show but i i would just suppose that a lot of people have no idea they've never read anything i've written or they don't know how i got into this industry or maybe even what i do Uh, at the start i usually try to point out like i've done this or i now work at this but um it's this is an easier way for me instead of emailing a lot of people individually which I still of course do and I appreciate anyone who does email me and ask for advice or anything like that but I think this is a good opportunity for me to kind of reach out and be like hey here is how I did it uh kind of step by step here is what worked for me and uh if if it works for you great If it doesn't, you know, I I also have a whole bunch of other tips that I think work for people. So kind of an advice show, plus just maybe a little bit of me explaining how I got into this industry and maybe also a little bit of where I think it's going and where I see myself in it moving forward. Uh, Because right now I'm doing something very different than I have in a while. Uh, I'm working for a studio making a game, which I had never... I never planned for that. You hear often about some people who are like like, well, they, you know, they got into games writing just so they could kind of get their foot in the door and then eventually make their own game or become a community manager or a PR person uh, for, for another game. For not a website, but actually making a game. And that, that was never the case for me. Um, I, when I first wanted to... I always wanted to write books. Writing books was my first original. You know, everyone talks about, like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. And I wanted to be an author. I wanted to write creatively in some form. Um, when I was growing up, uh, a lot of people don't know. So I was homeschooled, uh, until the eighth grade. Um, and then stuff happened in my life. My, my dad passed away when I was young, uh, because of heart complications and my mom couldn't homeschool me and my three siblings. Uh, so I eventually went to public school and, uh, I, in, in, in homeschool is when I first started to kind of get this interest in writing. My mom uh, has an English degree. So she would always kind of encourage that. And I was so, I was awful at spelling. I'm still not great, shockingly. Uh, I was so awful at spelling that I would, like, write these stories and get so frustrated because I'm like, I can't spell any of these words. And, you know, I was still writing on paper and not using computers. And uh, I would write Pokemon stories, my own personal Pokemon story. And there's always there was always this video game tinge to it. There's always this video game uh, kind of, like, relation to these stories that I would write. Um, and... I moved to high school and started to I continued to write and got better and better and started to kind of understand how it worked um and It wasn't until my senior year when I kind of started to get into journalism and that that started, started to interest me My senior project uh was half i wrote like half of a story which I ended up if I look back was just complete garbage um but I also did uh like thirty to forty hours of job shadowing at different newspapers and it's funny because the first thing I was told. At separate newspapers was you probably shouldn't get into this uh which is just them being very honest people saying that um look print is not where things are going you want you want to find another route and i I took that to heart i really did and i kind of knew at that point that print journalism wasn't really what i wanted and uh just saying that i'm going to go to college to write a book wasn't exactly the most practical thing in the world Uh, and i consider myself mostly practical so i started um to kind of figure out what i wanted to do and I had always read GameSpot. I had always read IGN. I'd always I look at reviews all the time. I was that annoying asshole who... Um, I wouldn't comment, but I would look at reviews for games that I liked. And be like, that deserves a higher rating and blah, blah, blah. And PS3 is better than Xbox 360. Because that's what I bought at the time with all this hard-earned money. Um, so I was a little fanboy when I was growing up. Um, but I always just appreciated... Uh, the, the Ryan Davis, Jeff Gertzman uh, GameSpot days, the, the Kevin Van Ord, Brendan Sinclair, Tom McShay, Carolyn Pettit GameSpot days. And um, I really liked how game trailers handled reviews. And I, uh, when Giant Bomb started up, I was just obsessed. I'd watch every single video, and I still watch most of the videos, but I'd watch every single video and read all their content. And that was just, that was something I really loved. And I realized that I also did enjoy journalism uh i did learn that from that job shadowing of papers but i didn't want to go into print and i didn't want to write a book right away so i was like well how about if i you know mix this up how about if i do games journalism uh which when you tell people that especially your mom she's like okay like she's very encouraging but it's also kind of you get that is that going to be viable is that going to be something that you can really make money and uh have the kind of financial situation that you really want to be in uh and I had never been more sure of anything in my life at that point. That was something I really, really wanted to do. Uh, so what I did, my first ever step, and so a listener brought this up. He, he uh, emailed me and showed me this link. And what the link was, it was a Giant Bomb Forum. And I had no idea how to start, as a lot of people don't, to get into games writing. I wanted to be a Kevin Van Ord. I wanted to be on GameSpot. I wanted to be on those sites. But how do you get started? How do you prove to people that you're a good writer? And how do you get the skills necessary? So I had posted a forum post on Giant Bomb, basically saying, "Hey, um, I, you know, I, I really want to do this. I don't know where to start. What do I do?" It didn't get very much traction. You know, there's always the people coming in, being like, "I don't know either," or "You should just start writing." Which if people say, "Just keep writing," sometimes that's not. It's like yeah, sure, but if I'm just writing in a void, and no one's reading my stuff. It's it's easy to say like, well, if you're talented, you'll get there. Like, yeah, but you also have to have a game plan. You also have to know what you're doing. Uh, so people started just commenting on that. And there was this guy, uh, Joe Marsden, who I'm still very friendly with. He's a good friend of mine uh, who lived in the UK. And he had a very small indie UK site called Reaction Time. Uh, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm looking for, you know, we're looking for writers. At the time, I didn't know he was like the only writer on it. Um, but I submitted a few things to him as a God of War 3 review, which was completely awful. I, you know, Looking back, of course, it's awful. I was 17 when I was doing this. Um, and he liked what I wrote. And we kind of just started writing together. And it was a site that, you know, it was not a paid thing. It, it just wasn't. It was just, you know, I would buy a game, write a review, or I would um, cover some news, which is the very basic way of, you know, press releases or seeing other, you know, I mean the the way game new, game news works very often is you see another site like GameSpot or like Game Informer you see their story you grab some of that information you write your own story uh it's a lazy way of doing it but it's just how that works sometimes uh and yeah we we kind of started just working from there and what we did was find other writers like me and like him who really wanted to do this didn't just want to write a personal blog so we you know you can have like this indie website and I recruited multiple people. God, it feels like it was like ten different people, probably. And uh my roommate was writing for it at the time and it was this very small operation. I mean each article was getting tens of clicks. This was back in two thousand two thousand nine. Moving into two thousand ten. Um once again I was just I was in high school, I think I was just getting into college when I started to really get into it and there's a podcast which is out there somewhere. So it was just a whole bunch of, you know, me when I was still young and had no idea what I was doing. Not saying I know exactly what I'm doing now, but I'm better. Uh, and yeah, it was just this, it was this place that I was really excited about. And it was this content that, you know, it was very few people. So you're very invested in what's going up and whatever goes up is representative of all this hard work you've done. And I became like the executive editor. It's the term we threw out for me. And I would edit stuff and look for writers and write myself and try to keep getting better. Uh, and that lasted for about a year, um, and then there was another opportunity where I started to get noticed a little bit. And one of my still good friends now, uh, Doug, Doug Vini, uh, he basically had this site called Stick Skills, which is such a like, such a silly, wonderful name, uh, StickSkills.com, where he basically said like, Hey, like I'm looking for a writer. We've lost a lot of people, and there's it was a much higher traffic site. Still nothing big, but much bigger than what I was dealing with. Um, you know, it's going from thousands of hits a year to like a hundred thousand. Uh, so enough of a jump. So he's like, I really want you on board. So I started writing for there and that's when like we would actually get uh review copies. So that was the first time I was getting games for free. And that was a really cool experience and a very interesting one because when you're young, I mean I was at that point I was probably nineteen, nineteen years old. I don't know the exact date for when I did all that, but I, I feel like I, I was definitely I was still in college. Um I was either 19 or 20, and it was very bizarre to get these games for free, and you'd get, I remember uh, the first game I got was, jeez, I can't remember the name of it, because it was, it was just such a like lower-end, not-very-good-budgety game. Um, yo, this is back in to- 2012, excuse me, is when I started doing this. Uh, and yeah, I would get those games, and it was this really strange dilemma in my head that you're just starting out this partnership with these publishers who are doing you a favor by sending you stuff because you're not really your site's not getting enough hits they barely you know we weren't trafficking that much so i remember feeling very concerned about what if i don't like this um which is just an odd thing because of course you you need to be you know you, you need to give your opinion you need to say how you feel and i don't i don't personally feel like i ever altered a score or altered text because of that but it was definitely something i thought about when i first started it was something that i was worried that i would lose these contacts and we didn't really have any uh it was something that was on my mind but yeah that was uh when i really first started to get in the groove um i became the editor-in-chief of that site and we started to just bring along a whole bunch of people and actually a few of them have been on this podcast uh dylan skiffington who's now the site director at Hearthhead, and He's been on Kotaku he was a a news writer and kind of we, we all kind of had our own jobs we all did our own thing he he wrote for us uh Todd schlickburn, who I had on here recently um he did videos and some reviews for us and yeah, we just had this really enthusiastic talented group all, all of us were raw in a way um some of us were you know less than others my my roommate sam nolan he now does uh social media and other things for uh a healthcare company in pittsburgh and is going to law school and he was a great editor who still helps me with a lot of my work um doug the you know founder of it now does this youtube channel called good game bro which is really doing well just hit thirty thousand subscribers uh and we just had this really interesting group of people and we all worked hard every day it was so we had a facebook group we had these uh big old chat areas we used an asana group to make sure we got all the news down as quickly as possible and we're we got more and more review code and we we reached that i think we we're hitting like three hundred thousand people uh i don't know it, it was was it a month or so it was a lot of traffic it was a lot more traffic than i ever we ever reached we like quadrupled our traffic between the time that you know i started there and i left uh i was there for about a year and a half and that was just a really good experience and it's something that if anyone's listening it's if anyone's listening who wants to get a start, it's it's hard to say, like, go find a site like that because I don't know how many are out there anymore. I'm, I'm very out of that realm right now. But that that was how that was how I did it. That's how I started is, is reach finding these sites that look for volunteers, and that's where you start testing yourself. You can, of course, do your own blog, and then you can show them that stuff and then try to get on those sites. But that's how I got better. Um, I wasn't ready to write for anyone big when I started reaction time, and I wasn't ready to write for anyone big when I started stick skills. And I mean, from there, I also, I wrote at a site called, uh, this is actually right before Stick Skills, I think. I might have been doing this simultaneously, but I wrote for a site called PSN Fans, which was in like the XBLA Fans Network, which is still a site. And those guys are really nice to me. And that's where I, um, I hosted my first podcast on PSN Fans and wrote news and got uh, codes and got more review experience. Um, I moved on there. My first ever paid job uh, was at GameRex. So that's where I wrote news. I left Six Kills uh, in the summer of 2013 and I started writing news for Game Ranks, which lasted for about a year. And yeah, so what I did there is I would wake up, while I was in college, I would wake up at 5am every morning, write three stories, go to class, come back, write three more stories, go to the gym, maybe write some more stories later. I did some review work for them, but that was uh, almost entirely for, uh, just news work, which is a grind. It's re- I mean, I wrote had to be over a thousand stories. It was a lot of stories. And, you know, that was that was my first paid work. But news news paid work is not the greatest pay. And I i what I want to do with this this podcast I'm recording right now is be as open and honest as possible at everything. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to give out information that other sites would want me to, but when you're writing news for smaller sites, it's not it's either based off traffic. In that case you're getting very little, or it's like a flat rate like two, three, four, five dollars a story. Um and I Although I enjoyed my time at GameRanks, I learned a lot. I'm not proud of the news I wrote. Not that I was ever disingenuous or, you know, not factually reporting stuff, but it was such a race to be first. It was such a, you knew you had five or six stories to write. Each one had to be 250 words, each one had to have specific links. And if it just felt very, I felt like I was not copying and pasting from other people, but I didn't feel like I was doing a lot of, my own research it was you know you're grabbing information from this reddit post you're grabbing information from this other news post that someone else broke you're this is a lot of stuff that comes with the news territory and once again i've never written new political news i've never written sports news i don't know how that works but for games maybe it's the same way everywhere else but it just felt very much like hey i found this uh interview done by joystick at the time uh and there's some really good information from this one guy that we could we should pull this quote We should make a headline about how this future DLC for this is going to be free, or this guy thinks that the Xbox One might be more powerful than the PS4 at the time. Uh, And you write those kind of stories, and that grabs attention. But that's that's not really my work. Like, that's me repurposing a quote from someone else. And once again, I'm not, I'm attributing, of course. I'm not, I'm never copying and pasting. You know anything but the, the the quote of course you're pulling from it, but I'm using my own language around it and coloring it my way but with just the you know the amount of money you as a freelance news person, the amount of money you get from it uh the amount of time you can really spend on it, and the 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 reward there it's it was always a struggle for me uh where I wrote news for years and I was just so on top of it, and I would watch press conferences and just copy stuff down as quickly as I could and uh I just I lost the passion for that. It it was not what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. What all of this helped from reaction time to PSN fans, to stick skills, to game ranks was just, I was just learning a lot about the industry, about writing, about writing correctly. Um, and that is what gave me, uh, just a lot of opportunities at, uh, a good story while I was at stick skills. Um, I, you know, you're always reaching out to try to get cool original content. Um, you know, I went to different events. I went to E3 first. Stick Skills. That was amazing. And I've told that story multiple times about Michael Pachter's Party, and that's where I met so many people and, and PAX East. Um, and that's where I met Patrick Klepek. Uh But one cool thing I did was I one of the first big games I got and reviewed was Darksiders 2. And I really enjoyed that game. Of course, there's problems with it, but I enjoyed that game. And I decided to reach out to the developers just to see kind of like, hey, would you ever want to talk about your game? Uh, and they agreed to it. And they said you know, we have three people who want to talk to you. I was like, whoa, like, I've never really talked to developers at that level on an interview like this yet. And they needed someone from THQ, I mean, THQ was still live at the time, to kind of, like, moderate it. Um, And I remember that I really wanted to, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this alone. I wonder if someone would want to do, like a like, a co-interview with me. I was very green at that point. And I knew Kevin Van Ord but just barely. Um, I think I had reached out to him once about possibly doing something for GameSpot and they didn't have any room at the time. And I got a little bit friendly with him. He was like really great, really great to me. And he gave uh he I emailed him again about this Darksiders thing. I was like, Hey, would you like to talk to these Darksiders guys with me? And he said yes. And I was like, That's okay. Um and he did it on like he stayed after work for it, which meant so much to me because we were going to do it over skype and we couldn't get everyone's skype to work at the same time and i was so stressed I'm like oh no it's not gonna record and kevin's like hold on and he goes to the podcast studio at GameSpot, and he used that to dial us all in and then record it through there and i had which i think i've deleted it since uh it used to be on the my soundcloud which now is surf you know host this 1099 uh, that's where this that interview was. And I think I deleted it uh, just because it didn't really fit with the rest of it. But it was an interview with their three creators who had read my review and had read Kevin's review. And we all just kind of asked questions to them. And it was, you know, compared to what I feel like I can do now, it, like I, I feel like I sucked. But at the time, I was just so happy to have that experience. And, you know, Kevin, Kevin gave me his number. And it, we learned that we both had grown up like 40 minutes from each other in Pennsylvania in bumfuck nowhere. Uh and just yeah, I just kinda kept in contact with him. Uh so it wasn't until twenty I feel like it was twenty thirteen, late twenty thirteen. So at this point I am a I was either a junior or a senior in college and I read Nathan Minier's book Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, which I've had him on the podcast twice. And I really do suggest anyone who's listening to this who wants this kind of advice, that's where you should start there i read it i learned how to pitch and i was like well you know at this point i'm only writing at game ranks and i was like i really want to i want to try like i want to see if i can do this at a at a bigger site and uh the first thing i did was write up this feature i had about death in games and how loss of loved ones affects your entertainment habits or how your entertainment habits can also act as this good outlet for uh, not just depression but just dealing with these moments in your life that are really difficult and you sometimes you need to just kind of grasp onto what's most comfortable and what you what you know the most and for me that was games when my dad died and i wrote that i wrote a feature about it and i included quotes from patrick klepik whose father had passed away about a year before and my friend uh max roerig whose dad died at similar age as me when he was, he was younger uh, and that was published on Game Ranks. I think I pitched that to a couple people and it didn't work out. But as soon as it was published, um, I reached out to Kotaku because they sometimes feature people that aren't just on their site. And I'm like, hey, like, I wrote this thing and you know, if you're interested in featuring it, that'd be great. They featured it. I remember that going on their main page. And I just remember uh, someone has got like three or four emails in a row being like, have you seen this? And I look, and I just started to cry. Like, it was it was not just a personal piece. It was the fact that, like, I felt like I, that was my first break. That was my first, like, seeing my byline there. Um, and it was really bizarre, too, because that was the day it got published and pushed on Kotaku. It was the same day that it was announced that Ryan Davis from Giant Bomb had passed away. So the really frustrating, sad part about that was like, I didn't mean in any way for that to, you know, correlate with what was going on with that situation, which affected me personally, because, you know, I really looked up to Ryan Davis, as I said earlier, but yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird mix of emotions that day because I learned about the Ryan Davis thing and that really impacted me. And then I see this, this feature I had put so much into. And it was the first thing that got really, you know, prominently shown on a site of that size. Um, So yeah, very strange, very strange day, but um after that I yeah, like I said, I read that book and I decided to pitch my first feature. Uh and I I thought I would go to IGN first because earlier in that day, um I think it's Justin Davis, it was the feature editor and still is, who um was, you know, sent out a tweet about looking for for freelancers. And I had this feature idea in my head because it is it it's it's simple. It's very simple, but it was effective because it's about, you know, at that point I had just been to E3 and this is E3 2013 when everyone's talking like the PS4 and Xbox one aren't out yet, but they were announced and all these indie devs were on the stage and everyone is talking about all these pundits, you know, (laughs) is talking about how, you know, PS4 has won the indie war. It's the greatest indie console out there. Uh, And I was like, okay, we've heard from them, but I want to hear directly from the developers. So I had contacts where I had known Greg Kasavin because I reviewed Bastion. And what I would do sometimes if I reviewed a game and I really liked it, I would reach out to the developer, show them the review, and be like, you know, just want to let you know this review is out there. And it was very early stuff I would do. And he'd email me back and said, like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing this. So I know how to email. So I emailed him and said, hey, I know you're making a transistor on this thing. Can you give me some quotes? And he's like, totally. Uh, I emailed Lauren Lanning. I met him at E3 at Michael Packer's party. And I was like, can you give me some quotes? Because I know Oddworld's coming. And He's like, totally. I think I also had someone from Double Fine uh and then one more person and uh yeah i i had basically reached out to all of them to get approval before i pitched and then i sent that to uh justin said like here's my pitch i want to talk to all these people and get it straight from the developers mouths and they're like yeah like let's do it and that was another moment like i get emotional with this kind of stuff i remember being in my uh my apartment with my three roommates and just like freaking out because i knew how much i wanted to do this and i was like guys i just got like i'm gonna get published in IGN like not featured, like published and paid and just freaked out and couldn't like contain how excited I was. And that feature came out and it was on the front of the site. Uh, and it just meant the world. It was, it was so important to me from there. I, I reached out to Kevin at one point because final fantasy eight was, um, was coming, it was being re-released on PC and that's my favorite game, uh, for probably of all time. Uh, and earlier I had asked him about review work, uh, after the IGN thing he, he, I almost re-reviewed League of Legends he was going to ask me to do that I had a lot of experience but I had not played in a while and I think they decided to not re-review it or they went a different route so I was like well can I re-review Final Fantasy 8 and he's like no uh, we don't really re-review games that old let's just have you write a feature on it and that was my first GameSpot feature where I talked about kind of my emotional and personal connection to Final Fantasy 8 and it went over extremely well I had just a blast writing it um, I was so stressed was so stressed I, I didn't know if it was good enough um and back at the start i like i said i had a roommate who i had worked with on different sites his name was sam nolan and he would edit stuff for me not like a lot of course he wouldn't like do all the work but he would like give things a look and be like i'd be, you know, be like hey i'm on the right track does this sound like something that belongs on Gamespot? does this sound like something that belongs on ign and that was when i was still very green um and he would you know kind of share thoughts but like maybe you should head in this direction or try something like this and uh yeah, my my concern at that time was just so much like, is this good enough for Gamespot? Is this good enough for IGN? Because I I don't know, I haven't written for sites like that. And it got published and had a very strong response. And from there, I just was persistent. I was very, I keep up with Kevin, and um, that's kind of how I became a very prolific freelancer for them. I mean, I wrote reviews for them for a long time because the first the first feature I had on Gamespot was uh, back in like December of 2013. And I mean, I just recently stopped writing for them. Uh, it was about a two-year span where I was writing reviews, and I wrote, you know, dozens of different articles, and uh, I wrote, and I had interviews, and opinionated pieces, and different things on there. And it was, it was amazing. And I just kept, when you're really starting to get the flow, you you want to keep going. You want to see how far you can push it. I left Game Ranks just and stopped writing news there because I I really wanted to pursue these other ventures so i, I pitched to vg 24 7 i got a, a big feature posted there and that one was about it was about the the different people who worked on bioshock 2 and how they ended up doing uh games like ftl and uh and gone home and i talked to like steve gainer and a lot of different people on those uh different studios about that and i, I pitched to paste about escape goat 2 which uh, ian stalker who's been on this podcast and i had known him from when I first started writing, he had smaller games. I reached out to him, and then went to Video Gamer, and I wrote, talked to everyone who did anything had anything to do with the Just Cause Two multiplayer. That multiplayer, um, like PC weirdness that wasn't really initially in the game. All those modders, and uh, they accepted that pitch, and I got that published. And that was like a two thousand word thing that took forever. And yeah, I just kept going. I just kept trying different sites. I just kept seeing what would stick so yeah that's a lot of my history of how i got into this uh and it was it was really amazing it was a really cool journey and then um, i had graduated college and there were no i was so bullheaded i was so like you know it's games journalism or bust games writing or bust but by the time i was getting close to graduating i'm like there's not an open job out there there's just not uh, and I can't wait around like, that's not who I am. I'm, you know, I, I just got into 4.0 in college and that was a huge goal for me. And I just achieved that. So I ended up looking for just other jobs that in, included writing and editing. And I found one, I lived in, uh, Clarion, Pennsylvania, which is like, for like a few, you know, a couple hours from Pittsburgh, a little bit less than that. And I, I saw a job on LinkedIn. I tried so many different jobs in in, in Pittsburgh and I just was not getting the response and I got a job. Offer uh I applied somewhere in Jacksonville based off a LinkedIn ad, and literally within an hour of applying, they're like, "We want to talk to you." And I went through a three and a half four week interview process where it was going on while I was taking finals. I uh, graduated, and I was still I was home with my mom, uh, and my little brother, and I was uh, doing these interviews while I was also freelancing at the same time. And I I got the job, and that was just re- really meant a lot to me because like it wasn't it wasn't a dream job and I still work there it's 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 not like the perfect dream job I, I really like what I do but it's not what I set out to do and yeah I my my boss was having a baby uh and she needed to train me so within two and a half three weeks I had to say goodbye to my family my friends um I had to I bought a new car I bought furniture i found an apartment without actually looking at it i just saw it online it's like well i have to do this i can't look at it. it's 15 hours away i had to basically buy everything you know i'd saved up a lot of my life because i thought i was going to move i thought i was going to move to california i thought i was going to be a game spot i thought i was going to be at ign so i'd saved up with that in mind um and saved you know thousands of dollars for something like this and i'm spending like, God, like five or six thousand dollars in a three-week span to basically start a life By myself, I didn't know anyone down here. No one. I'd never even been to Florida. But I thought I'd take a shot. And yeah, I ended up in Jacksonville, Florida, where I still am. And uh, what I did for, this is almost my second year here. Um, And what I did was continue to just freelance at GameSpot. Actually, there was a period where I kind of did exclusive freelancing with them, which is a strange thing where if you want to, you can go from a 1099, which is the basic freelancer tax form uh to a w2 um it might be a w9 too this is weird tax forms but basically that would mean that my tax break would be way better and all i would have to do is just exclusively write for Gamespot, which was great because that's all i really wanted to write for at the time i was getting two reviews a month probably kevin was great to work with and was great about reaching out to me or i'd reach out to him i'd get an indie game in my inbox that some you know some would be like hey i know you'd write reviews would you like to review this or i would ask people for code and then i would uh just reach out to Kevin. Um and yeah, did that for a while and then Kevin left GameSpot. It was after, you know, a lot of people started to leave. Tom McShay was gone, Carolyn Pettit was gone, Brendan Sinclair was gone. Uh a lot of the GameSpot I knew wasn't there. Kevin had left and I knew at that point it was going to change. I really enjoyed the group we had there and I this is there's no ill will toward GameSpot, but for me it was it 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 was a very different site it was a very video focused site it was a lot of the stuff that i would normally pitch wouldn't fit there the tone of certain things was like this is just different than you know what i'm used to and i still love all those guys but i got a lot of early review work from the new editor and then it kind of dried up and i noticed it like you know, i noticed like okay like I'm, i was busy i'm working a full-time job i'm also freelancing um and i never freelancing wasn't a need for money. My full-time job pays well enough that I didn't have to worry about that, but I did it as a passion. But it just kind of dried up, and there were newer, younger writers coming in, and I kind of like... It was a little bit of seeing the writing on the wall. Uh, And I think I could have still gotten review work there if I would have pushed a bit, but I don't think I want to do this too much longer. And not that I lost passion, because there's still something amazing about writing a really good review and i still really enjoy that but it was just a different environment this industry has changed from when i first started writing at reaction time and stick skills it is different and that's something we talk a lot about in this podcast with different youtubers and streamers and people like that it's different i was in the running for a full-time job at a major site which i won't name and i got to like the second interview level So you have that initial call, then you're talking to people who actually, you know, work, work there. And I know, you know, I don't think I'm the best writer in the world. I'm not a cocky person like that. But I know I'm a hard worker and I know that I have the experience and I have the writing chops. I know what I I can do. But almost every question of the interview was related to, how are you on camera? What do you like on video? What do you like on podcasts? What do you like on this? And as soon as I got those questions, I had passed... When I was writing for those smaller sites, we would go to events and we'd carry a camera and we would record it. And I, there's, there's some funny ass old videos of me doing that. And I had, uh, I've had i had theater experience. I had four years of theater in high school and I know what I can do on camera, but I didn't have any really recent examples. And I gave them what I had, but I knew as soon as this questions came up, I'm like, I'm not going to get this. Like, I know my writing experience is going to top most, a, a lot of people, especially my age. You know, I'm 20. God, one of my 23 23 <laughs> jeez 23. Uh, like I know how much I've done that like that's that looks good, but I don't have all this video experience um, and that's what the big sites are looking for. and I understand it it's, it's, it's what gets, it's what's working and it's something that I want to get better at and want to do more of. Uh, but my background is in this classic writing, this journalism style. and I didn't get the job. And it was actually after that that I started this podcast, to be totally transparent, because I wanted to get my voice out there. I wanted people to know that, like, I I know how to carry a conversation. I know how to talk to people. And it was only one of the reasons, of course. I want to talk to people. I wanted to – this show was going to start out with, like, a regular cast of people, normal – a lot of my GameSpot freelancer friends. And then it just started to grow. And it started to become a different thing when I'm talking to these people who I've looked up to all my life. I'm talking to these really interesting people and it just became a fun interview show. And it's helped me. It it has rekindled a lot of that excitement for this kind of stuff. So yeah, I didn't get that job and I had applied for some other ones and it just wasn't working out. And uh, it's... It's... Writing about games, especially freelancing, it is not the most lucrative thing. I never full-time freelance and... If anyone is thinking about it, just make make sure you you know the whole story. It is a very specific thing where only certain people should and can do it. Uh, you have to hustle. You have to be stressed. You're gonna be stressed. You're gonna work a lot of nights. I know playing games doesn't sound like work, but a lot of times, like if you're f- reviewing games, especially, it's very difficult for freelancing. Um, and I'm, once again, I'm not naming any names, but when you when, you, when you're looking at a review, if you're working at a major site, almost any major site, you're going to get around that, like that $150, $200, $250 range for a review. And when you have to put in 40 hours to a game, and then the writing time, and then the editing time, like, that's a lot. It's not even close to minimum wage. Not even close. And that, I would write a lot of features. Uh, but a lot a lot of times, you know, if you're not main staff, you're not going to really get the opinionated, like, editorial pieces. You're not going to get a column. Um Giant Bomb is doing a great job right now of introducing writers in that way, where they have these columns, and uh, you know Ian Williams has been on this podcast, has been on there, and that's awesome. I'm so happy for him. But I mean th- that those prices, I'm saying, those are the bigger sites. There's some that are 100, there's some that are 50 per article, and I don't blame the sites. It's just how the business works. And uh, if you want like a full time salary, and you want to freelance. You're going to have to have so many different contacts. You're going to have to write for so many sites. Like, I was making a few thousand dollars from the, you know, the, some of the review work I was doing. And that was great. But once again, I'm keeping transparent. Like, my full time job when I started was 45 a year, and now I'm at 50. And that was just a very, you know, when you're making 50,000 off that, the, the freelance stuff was just a, a small chunk. And I know I'm fortunate for the position I'm in, and I never take that for granted. But freelancing for me was extra income. It was a way to stay relevant in this industry, and it was a way to uh, really have that creative outlet. I love what I do. It's not the same level of creative outlet that something like writing a review gives me. Yeah, but the industry has changed, and I know that. And like I said, when I was growing up, all I ever wanted to do was be an editor at GameSpot or IGN or Game Informer. And I remember even thinking like, if I had a good job, I would I would leave the good job, take a pay cut, and do this thing. And for the right job, that's that still might be in the cards. But writing for those sites is very different. Like I, I have read some stuff on major sites from brand new people who are very young, like the early twenties, who are were as enthusiastic as I was back then, and the writing is not it's not good. It's not, it's not at the level that you would expect of a site like that that gets millions and millions and millions of hits but they're really good on camera they can really relay a message they have an audience um they have a lot of twitter followers they they can speak well on camera and that was always a little bit frustrating for me when i was coming up because i I put so much into the getting better at writing thing um and that didn't really matter in the end uh and once again just being honest like i it's important, I think, for me, it's definitely important that you learn how to write and you get to that place where you want to be, but a lot of times, sites are not as concerned with your quality of writing. It's more about do you really love games? Are you super enthusiastic? And can you speak on speak on a camera? Uh, and that just wasn't, that's not really how my brain works. I wanted to, I, I love the in-depth, interesting reviews and features and things that are written beautifully as well as really have a broad understanding of what's going on and i'm not saying all sites are like that that's just the sense i started to get that's just a different different industry there's still there's still jobs out there that are great and i don't you know not poo-pooing people who get these jobs it's just a different way it's looked at uh so when people ask me you know Can I, you know, how do I get into this industry? It's a hard question because I feel like people who are in high school right now who want to do this, a lot of it is the video, and then in that way you can go start your own channel, you can go start streaming right now without their help, and then eventually if you get noticed well enough, you'll be able to have that steady income from a site like that. But for me, if you really want to be a writer, if you really want to write and cover games critically, I, I, for me the one of the most important things is finding that editor who cares enough to look at your work and who is nice enough to spend time with what you do. And for me, that was Sam. Uh, and I, I considered Kevin a friend in that way, even though, you know, he was my editor at GameSpot, but he made my writing better. Um, and you need to drop any sort of idea that, you know, why would they criticize my game? Why would they criticize my writing? And blah, blah, blah. Like, it, you need to just drop your ego And let someone read through it. Know that sometimes there's going to be criticism that makes your writing worse. I've had edits that I look at and I'm like, that just doesn't fit with, that doesn't work. But you've got to open your mind to that. You have to have people to look at your writing. And I wish there was an easier way than, I wish I could be like, here, here's this group of people who will edit your writing no matter what. Um, There's not. You have to find someone who's willing to do that. And people have reached out to me and I've edited their stuff and I always try to make time when possible because I know that it means so much to people and it helps you get better uh but that's a big thing testing out your writing on sites where they're not as big or blogs of your own that's a big thing too you need to you need that practice you need to know that you're at the right level um but yeah like if you go down a list of tips i really think you should get find someone to read your writing to find an outlet where you can write and hopefully get noticed at some point um, stay on. Sto- you need to be on social media, which I know is weird advice, but I really think it's important to be on Twitter. I really think it's important to get your name out there. And uh, don't be that guy who's hounding every single games writer you look up to all the time. Be polite, be cordial. Don't bug them. Talk to them. And if you really like, have a review that works, send it to the developer, especially if it's indie. Reach out to indie developers. See if you can review their stuff reach out to people like me who've gone through it and i'll help you in any way that you can everyone's a different situation but this is what worked for me uh and then once you get to that point where you feel like you've sharpened it and you really feel like you've got it learn how to write pitches buy up up down down left right and then learn how to write pitches send it out try it the editors are out there they're on twitter if their emails aren't public ask them for it people are looking for new writers everyone's there's no there's always room for new eager freelancers and that's how you start getting your name out there i didn't do anything special i just worked hard and i got lucky i did get lucky sometimes i, I found the right contacts i i made it to events and i know it's not always this i'm not trying to make it sound easy it's not but some, some for some people it's really easy for some people it's a struggle uh it's not what i'm doing anymore um i actually i I'm now like I said, I'm working for a studio. I'm now the editor and community manager for Tan Gentleman, which is um a really, really awesome group of uh different developers making a super great game that I'm really excited about and that you'll be able to know more about later on. Um and I write posts for them and I'm gonna help through the social media and I wanna be a part of this and it's been it's been exciting. It's been really cool to um see kind of the behind the scenes of something like that and see how games get made and be a part of that and it's been really really cool it's 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 very different from what i've done and you know they've just been they've been awesome to me and they've been very inviting and you know maybe if you get those contacts from writing and you find a studio like that indie studio like maybe the opportunity arises for you too but i would never get into games writing with that in the back of your mind of well here's my out like it's it's just something that might show up you're going to get cool contacts just throughout make sure you're you're being make sure you're being as ethical as you can if you if you're just starting and you're getting a free game don't just give it a high score cuz it was free and you don't want to you want to lose the relationship there's going to be that in the back of your head not always for me it was i was a kid i didn't know anything i think the way i came up is um although there are some kind of aberrations i think it's kind of a blueprint in a certain way where you you have a passion for it. You start writing a lot at a smaller site or blog. You advance to another one. You find people who are better writers than you to help mentor you. You, you know, do, you try to spread your stuff out on social media. Uh, eventually, you move on to maybe a bigger site. People start noticing you, uh, and then you get your first paid work. And then you have that courage and that uh, experience to pitch to a major site. Will it work always? No, you, I've been denied. I've been denied a lot. Like, there's sites. I, Polygon is one that when it was first, it was, this is when it was really into deep feature content. I had some ideas that just never went through. And it frustrated me because I wanted so badly to do it. I hate no's. I really hate no's. Not because I thought I was too good, but because I was like, oh, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. And I kept trying. I never got to Polygon, I never got on other sites. I was fortunate enough that some people reached out to me that I got to write for them. They they saw what I did, and they're like, we want you to write for us, and that was awesome. But yeah, there's going to be bumps along the way. But it's a, it's a different industry. So once again, if if you want to, like I love writing critically about games, that's all I want to do, you're probably not going to get a full-time job. If you love streaming and doing YouTube stuff about games, I you could probably do that on your own. Um but those oper- if you if you have this mix, if you have like the balance of like i want to cover games, I'm really passionate about it, uh, I like doing video and writing like there there's eventually going to be an opening, but I can't ever guarantee that you're gonna get it because the people who have been in this industry for a long time usually get the open jobs, or a very young person with a massive social media following is going to get that job. Which, once again, I don't begrudge anyone for that. It's just sometimes how the business works. And this is from my perspective. Everyone's had a different journey. Everyone's had a different way to get in the industry. And everyone's had different sides of it. There's some people who, can, who might completely disagree with what I'm saying. And that's fine. That's how they came up in the industry and what they've learned. Uh, all I know is I I feel like there's definitely an opportunity for me in the future to do more reviews work. Or maybe at one point that opening at a major website will come up and I'll, I'll want to do that and I'll I'll be able to, you know, have enough experience to get that job. I don't know. I don't know where it eventually goes. A big part of me also thinks that I might stay kind of this development work. But once again, it's, this is all secondary to what I'm doing full time. And I think it's really important to follow your passion and, you know, that those kind of cliches, but you have to also be smart about it. If I didn't have this full-time job I couldn't I could not live off my freelancing or my second job. I for what I you know I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to you know I wanted to be able to get a new car and I wanted to be able to not worry about rent every single month. Um and that's why I've I have these two jobs. But yeah, that's that is that's how I got into this. And that's why I'm still in this and I I have to say this podcast I'm not saying it's the most popular thing in the world, but it's just been a joy for me. It's been so creatively fulfilling. It's been so fulfilling in terms of talking to these people that I've looked up for, to for so long. Um, I've learned an unbelievable amount from so many awesome people. And I just love to keep doing it. And I want to do it as long as I can. Even if it's even if five people listen every week, which is more than that, of course. But even if people stop listening, uh, I will continue to do this just because it's so much fun for me it's so interesting to me and every email every tweet every message I get from you guys means so much every iTunes review it really means a lot this is a really cool thing I kind of did on a whim and it's been working out better than I could have ever imagined uh and what I do know is that I want to stay in this industry in some capacity, no matter what, whether that be in a development role, working with a publisher, working as a journalist, you know, quote unquote journalist. Eventually I do see this industry as my full-time job. I think I'll live in California. I think, who knows? I didn't think I'd live in Jacksonville two years ago, but here I am. Uh, But I think it's where eventually I'm going to be because I know that Those are the moments when I'm really talking to people who are making games or anything like that. That's when my passion really sparks. That's when I can really feel like I belong doing this. Um, And like I said, the industry has changed. And there's ups and downs to it. There's a lot of sites closing. There's new sites coming up. Um, There's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, Game reviews still are not great. There's still a lot of people who write them as if they're just filling off different checkboxes. like well you talk about the graphics the graphics are very detailed and pretty uh the the shooting is good but could be tighter and just very surface level stuff that's like okay but actually what did you how do you feel about this game what grabbed you what about your experience was unique like it's not a camera that you're reviewing this is not a tv and you're talking about that like it's, this is we're talking about games or art. Well, then we got to treat it that way. We got to treat it like it's, you know, I want to know what your interpretation of this was. And very often I'm finding writers who I agree with to, or I usually agree with to see what they think or I'm finding writers who I always disagree with but I still think they're good to get that, you know, completely diametrically opposed opinion. So there's a lot of homogenous review writings, a lot of things that read the same. There's a lot of still under undercooked reviews and news is still not great. There's still a lot to be improved upon. And I hope it keeps getting better. Uh, eventually I might, you know... I, I like I like doing these state-of-the-industry podcasts with people like Patrick. Or I might have another one with Lauren Lanning in the near future. The people who have been in this for a while to see what they think about it. But in, in the end, I, I love... I love... I'm, I'm a writer before I am a quote-unquote gamer. But I have, a, I have a passion for video games that run deep. And it's why I want to stay in this. So uh, again, thank you guys for supporting me throughout all of this. If you've all heard this story before, I'm sorry for wasting your time. If you haven't, you found it interesting. That's great too. You know, I, I, I wasn't, this is a little bit of a just, you know, me, maybe me venting of it. But I, I do think, you know, if you listen to this podcast and you're ever wondering how the hell I got into this, that's how I got into this. Um, And that's how I think a lot of people can get into this is just taking those individual steps. Uh, cause if you go straight to a game spot with no experience, you're not going to make it. Uh, but yeah, I will go back to regularly scheduled guests next week and moving forward. Eventually, if, if you guys like this, you want me to do a Q and a, if you want to send me emails or something like that, that's a, you know, I'll definitely do another podcast like that. These are fun to me. If you haven't yet, please, please subscribe on iTunes and leave it a, a review and a rating. That'd be really great. That's super helpful for me. And if you ever have any questions. Any advice that you want, you know, once again, I'm 23. I'm still, I'm a kid. Uh, But I do have a lot of experience doing this. So it's my first and last name, Josiah Renauden, at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to reach me. You can reach me on Twitter, at Josiah Renauden. Would love to talk to you. And if you have a specific question about what I said, or you think I'm wrong, that's great too. Let me know. I'd love to talk about it. Uh, That is going to be the show for this week. I'm going to go to the gym and throw some weights around and try to be a little more active today so thank you so much for listening thank you so much for caring about this kind of stuff uh, and I wish you guys all the luck in the world when you're trying to break in if you put enough into it and you take the right pathways I do think you'll find a way into it so thanks again and I will talk to you on the next episode of the 1099